Ever since you were born, uh, you've been trying to figure out this uh, life as you know it. And so most of your figuring out happened when, like, like these kids, they're growing up. Right now, they're trying to figure out how fast they can run. This, this vehicle that they've been given, how high they can jump, how smart they are. They're, they're, they're trying to figure this thing out that they've been given. So they're realizing, okay, there's, there's stuff here. And they're realizing choices, you know, that they make choices. Um, and and they're, they're also, for many families, there's this, uh, there's this place in the, in the kitchen or wherever where there's a frame and they're marking how tall they are, right? And, that, and they get their name there and taller, taller. And so Sage here, it's like mom couldn't reach. It's like, okay, he's, okay, he's, he got up there. He's touching the ceiling. So thanks for being with us. Um, and so it's interesting because uh, for each of us, uh, as time goes on, we kind of... Uh, hit our ceiling as far as our physical limitations. We go, okay, when I was, you know, when I was in my 20s, boy, I could do just about anything. And I, you know, it was just fun. Just, I could do almost anything. My body could take so much and I would bounce and roll and, you know, and all that stuff. And, and, um, and so then you realized too, just like we were talking with Maria here earlier, that God has given you the gift of a self-healing body that, somehow um, when things are out of whack like a broken arm the doctors figured out if they put that back where it's supposed to be the body just goes oh yeah that's where I'm supposed to be and and start healing up if that doesn't then it's like uh oh it's trying to heal but it's in the wrong place we better break that and oh and put it where it's supposed to be and so um, we've been testing our physical environment out ever since. And as you and I have grown older, it's like, wow, I can't do what I used to do in my 30s. Um, and so then you find out your ceiling is a little bit lower than it used to be on what you can and can't do. And so, uh, again, you, you still are in that place of figuring out. So you've figured it out so far, and now you can't do what you used to do, or your body's given your signals saying, no, you, you can't eat that anymore. The, you can't you can't indulge like you did when you were a teenager, and you go, ah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Okay, I'm learning. Okay, so, but something else was happening too. You realized there was an invisible world. You realized there's air. I cannot see the air, but I'm breathing it it's in and out, and. Um, I see the trees, the leaves move, but I can't see the wind, but I can see the evidence of it. And so you also were investigating this uh, invisible world. And one of the things also you figured out was um, this invisible thing that's happening up here called your mind um, dictates what this body does. Sometimes you don't, it's programmed in such a way you don't have to tell your hand to go up. It, you just think and it goes up. So there's an invisible thing that's happening in your mind that is amazing. So that you've realized this invisible world too. There's, there's stuff going on in your mind. Most of the time your mind tells your body what to do. 
sometimes your body is fighting with your mind (laughs) and it rebels and it's saying, no, I don't want to do this. Um, And then at some point, because you're sitting here today, you've realized not only the physical world and you've experienced that and the invisible world, but you've realized there's a spirit world. And maybe you're coming to understand that the spirit world is more powerful than the physical world. And the spirit world really does dictate what happens in the, in the physical. And so some, at some point you realize that when you were at your end or there was a point in your life where you called out to this invisible God the evidenced in creation, and maybe you heard about in Sunday school, uh, you called out for help. And you got a response. (laughs) And at some point, that response you came to realize was that he loves you, he created you, and he has a plan for your life. But the best thing was that he demonstrated that love through his only begotten son, who came and he proved that he had the power of the universe by telling creation what to do. He stood on that boat that one day when it was a storm and he spoke and he said, be still. And everything just bowed before him. And so did the disciples. And they said, who, what kind of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? So at some point you Uh, came to realize the spirit world and you began this relationship and you began calling out to God through Jesus Christ, the proven love for you. And so your life then has been testing this even, this spirit world, how this works, how I fit in with my mind, the invisible world around me, the physical world, and now the spirit world. And so even today, you still are testing that world to find out how do I function according to that powerful world out there, here around us, in these different situations that I'm in. How do I make this work? That's why we're given the Bible. It explains how to live in this world with this invisible God. Remember what Jesus said to the woman at the well. He said, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And if you've believed on the Lord Jesus, you've been realizing that, and you've been um, putting yourself in places to learn more about how this all works. Okay, so one of the things that you've realized is not only have you been given self-healing bodies, but there's times when you pray and other people pray and a miracle happens and somebody's healed. And you go, this is something powerful because that just doesn't happen. That's, not, that's more than self-healing and you're kind of taken back. And when you hear that kind of stuff happening too, and then maybe it's happened to you and you go, the mercy of God, how, why he would. So there's times in our life, in your spirit life, where miracles of healing the physical body and the mind and so the whole body happens. And there's other times when it doesn't. And you've 
you've come to terms somehow with that, but you still pray. You still pray that may that supernatural thing, that, that spirit thing happen. So as you've gone along, though, that you've realized that there is the mind of Christ. Why did the Father send the Son but to be the Savior of the world? That to be doing the kingdom work while you're here is of the utmost. And so your prayers then started to change from all the physical needs that you have to saving of souls. Because you realize that unless they believe in Jesus, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father, to the Father but through me. That narrow gate, narrow, uh, narrow is the gate that leads to life. Wide is the gate, uh, and broad is the path that leads to destruction. Narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life. So you've realized in God's training of you through his spirit that your prayers are, have been turning more and more to the saving of souls and to helping others along the way because people are going to a place of eternity separated from God forever. And so your focus has come more into that kind of healing prayer because that's the ultimate healing prayer, isn't it? Is one who is healed from their sin, from, from the punishment of sin, and they've, they get this new life in God. So what we're going to talk about today is uh, we've been talking about this training that Saul has received from the Lord and we've called it the making of a godly man and then we looked at our own lives for three Sundays. And now the New Testament changes in the book of Acts and it changes back to Peter. So what Acts is really is the acts of the Holy Spirit through certain people uh, that uh, following God. So Peter and John, uh, through the Holy Spirit, he healed a man going up to the temple to pray. They healed a layman there. And then uh, 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 Stephen, Stephen, all of a sudden he was a bold as a lion and he proclaimed Jesus Christ, that he is the Messiah. And he told the religious leaders that they were wrong <laughs> and they killed him. The Holy Spirit was in him when he was dying. He said, don't let their sin be upon them, Lord, as he died. That, that's Holy Spirit stuff. His focus went woo, right there. Nothing mattered more than, than that agenda. And then we find Philip. All of a sudden, Philip, filled with the Holy Spirit, he's going and he's healing people. He's telling them about Jesus and he's healing people. He's getting their attention. God is getting his, his, their attention through him. And then he's transported one time. It's like, how is that happening? They make movies about that now, you know, transport. What was in the Bible already? Um, Philip. And then we've been working through Saul's life and how his life was drastically changed and how he turned the world upside down ever since that encounter with Jesus. So you're sitting here today believing in the invisible world, the spirit world. You're sitting here today because you've prayed out to God. You're sitting here today going, what's my next step? You're sitting here today needing healing. You need healing either your body or your heart is wounded and you need healing or your mind. But you're sitting here today and you've come here today because you need a healer and so do I. And he wants to heal you. 
So we're in that process. So what we're going to see is Peter again comes on the scene and he ends up healing a paralyzed man. And then as he's doing his journey, he ends up through the power of the Holy Spirit bringing somebody back to life. Are you kidding me? That same spirit that was in Christ did that through Peter. So open up your Bibles to chapter 9 of Acts. Or did we make it to chapter 10? Nope, still in 9. So we are 9, verse 32. That's where we're picking up. So here's the first healing, 32 through 35. Now it came to pass as Peter went through all the parts of the country, he also came down to the saints who dwelled in Luda. Now, um, I've been trying to, uh, um, uh, to look up the Greek and try to pronounce uh, names better. And, that, and so I found out this one here. Uh, in the Greek, it's called Luda, but... What we see here is something that's either Lida or, or Lida or whatever. So I'm just going to try my best to do that. So, okay. Dwelt in Luda, and he found a certain man named Aeneas. Aeneas. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise, make your bed. And then he immediate, arose immediately. Let me go back because it looks like maybe I missed a line or two there. In verse 33, found a certain man named Aeneas who had been bedridden for eight years and was paralyzed. There you go. And he said to him, Aeneas, Jesus, the Christ heals you. Arise, make your bed. Then he immediately rose. So all who dwelt at Luda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Okay. So what was the outcome of that miracle is that people turned to the Lord. And so I started thinking, am I ready for a miracle? Because the outcome is supposed to be many people come to the Lord. So I was thinking, yeah, I think... I like that agenda. I like that plan. You know, that it wouldn't be just as selfish, oh, I'm, I'm feeling, but that it would change people's lives when they hear my testimony of what happened. They heard about it. Okay. So Peter comes through and the Holy Spirit throughs, um, through him. It doesn't say that he laid his hands on him. It doesn't say that he spit on the ground and he made mud and he touched his leg. You know, I think it's amazing that Jesus healed in different ways so that we couldn't build a church on uh, spit in the ground and heal people. You know, that he's going to do, it's his stuff and we're just available for him to use us, whatever. So this time, Peter just simply says to him, Jesus the Christ heals you. There's power in the name of Jesus, Amen. Because he is the answer for all of life. Okay. Um, the next section, it's like this, this healing to heal a paralyzed man is unbelievable. But now 
bringing somebody back to life. It's like, this is, only God can do this. So, verse 36. At Yope, there was a certain man, or certain disciples, or a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. Now, Tabitha is the... Uh, uh, Dorcas is the Greek, kind of Greek translation of Tabitha, which is from the Aramaic, okay? So there's why you get that. Kind of like Saul is his uh, Hebrew name, and, and Paul is the Greek of that, so that's where we get that. Okay, so verse 37. It happened in those days that she came, became sick and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Luda was near Yope, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him and begged him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. And when he had come, they brought him to the upper room and all the The widows stood by him, weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. Verse 40. But Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up, and when he had called the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all of Yope, and many believers, uh, and many believed on the Lord, so that so it was that he stayed many days in Yope with Simon, a tanner. Okay, so did you notice? Uh, in this account, that Peter just didn't speak those same words. Did you notice that he knelt down and he prayed? I think that's wonderful. Because there's times that you are desperate enough to get on your face, on your knees before the Lord and just call out. Um, So the Holy Spirit had him pray. And I wonder what his prayer was. Because the next thing he says is, Tabitha, arise. He speaks to the, the body, the dead body. So it made me think, like what you're thinking right now, what did he pray? What did he pray to the Lord? Lord, is, is this what you want me to do? I'm wondering. Lord, would you please do this? Please, 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 please. I'm thinking if I was in that situation, it's like... Um, for sure he had to be so sure that this is what the Holy Spirit was doing. He had to know for sure that the Lord was leading him. Do you remember a couple of Sundays ago I said, how do you like being, um, what did I call that? Um, micromanaged. No, how would you like to be micromanaged by the Holy Spirit of God, the Almighty? It's like, sign me up. I, if I want to be so close to you that every step I take is exactly, and there's blessing for somebody that's in store. And so as Peter, he must have 
known that this is what the Lord had, this way of healing. And so she opened her eyes, she sat up. And in the end, the result then again was many. uh, It became known throughout all the land and many believed on the Lord. They believed on the Lord and back here it says in verse 35, they turned to the Lord. So that's the whole emphasis of the Holy Spirit for Peter. That's the whole emphasis for you and for me that they would turn to the Lord, that they would uh, believe on the Lord. That's your whole life. If you're wondering about what your life is about, this is what it's about. You have an assignment with different people, different places, and this is always where you're going. This is always what you're looking for is how can I help someone come to that saving knowledge for life forever, that they would walk with God forever. Okay. All right. So what I'd like to do is we kind of compared the two healings this that's happened. But I'd like to go back over this and just kind of apply for you and I today. And I was applying it to me, so I'm going to just let it out there for you. So we first we find a man who uh, was bedridden for eight years and he was paralyzed. So then the question in my mind is, how did that happen? Uh, did he fall off a camel? You know, because what is it that happens when somebody's paralyzed? Raise your hand if you, just briefly, what, what is that that happens to the body? What's, what's going on? Okay, a broken neck could be it. He was paralyzed. He was bedridden, so he, he needed help, apparently, to do anything. So it's, it's, is it the nervous system that gets... And you, okay, yeah, Howard? The muscles, the muscles atrophy really quick if they're not getting the flow. And some of you have experienced that before. That, wow, if I'm not getting blood flow there. Our, our friend uh, Ron McKay knows about oxygen and blood flow. <laughs> Need it there. Okay, so something happened to him. Something happened that caused him to be paralyzed. An accident of some kind, but the nerves, something happened. Uh, testimony for uh, my Nicole. She was in a motorcycle wreck years ago now, and um, the doctors were so afraid of the breaks in her pelvis because the nerves go through there and down the spinal, and if if that if that was pinched off, she would be paralyzed. And so they uh, they ended up getting her on a, a table, and they just making everything so that nothing moved or shifted. And then uh, God gave the doctor wisdom to somehow put her hip and everything back together and none of the spinal things or the, or the nerves were severed. And so she survived that. Um, and praise the Lord, she's here now and I've got three beautiful grandkids and yeah, it's like, wow, God is good. God is amazing. So here's this man that was uh, paralyzed. So as we were talking earlier, we've been learning about these vehicles that we're in that, and 
trapped in sometimes. I wish, you know, wish I could jump higher than a building and run faster than a locomotive and all that stuff. But we're in these bodies. We're figuring these bodies out. Our minds, we're we're really sensitive up here when something happens. It takes us a while to recover when drastic things happen in our lives. And so we realize we're pretty sensitive. There's a lot of people maybe even here that have suffered post-traumatic syndrome when something's happened and it's like, my mind, even though I'm telling my mind to behave and don't be afraid, you, there's this thing deep inside of you that's still, so our mind, so you've been figuring this out. And then this place that we all have fallen into of sin, and even as believers we fall into, it can paralyze you and me. That, that sin can take hold of us if we don't confess that and turn that to the Lord, that it can paralyze us. And there's different ways that that happens. So I'm talking about this connection with God Almighty. And you know that that restriction right there stops the flow of hearing clearly from God. So uh, there's a, a paralyzing thing that happens when we let sin go for too long. And sometimes it even makes the body sick. Sin does. Not all the time, but sometimes. Um, And so maybe you're here today going, I'm figuring that out, that addictions of some kind, I I need to realize that that's a serious cancer, that's a serious thing, and I I need to take that to the Lord and ask him to, um, to help me repent of that thing. Because we sang earlier that only you, Lord, I only worship you. And there's things in our lives that paralyze us from worshiping God. And it's called sin. It's the worst disease you can ever get, right? Is sin. But you've been cured of that through Jesus Christ by believing in him. You've been cured of that deathly disease called sin. Okay, so that's what I thought about this one right here. And I'd like you to go to Isaiah chapter 53. And we've done this before. But Isaiah, about in the middle of your Bible, Isaiah chapter 53. And here's that part where Paul may have talked about proving that Jesus was the Christ, but that he was the suffering servant that proved his love for you and for me. So uh, chapter 53 of Isaiah, uh, pick up at verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs, and carried our sorrows, and yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement for our peace or our well-being was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Okay. That passage right there talks about that mortal wound or that impossible wound that needs to be healed that Jesus did that for us on the cross. 
Okay? So that's the ultimate healing for us. And any physical healing is bonus, right? <laughs> because that's the one we need the most. So, uh, so the context of that is that spiritual healing of the forgiveness of our sins that Christ has done, that he suffered and died for you and for me. Okay. Um, part of the reason I bring this up um, is because we're making a switch in our constitution because when some of you are coming uh, to join the church, uh, there's a, a, f- a phrase right in, uh, on the fifth page that talks about some of the false things that we don't teach here. So everything else teaches about Jesus and him crucified and, and believing on him with all of our heart. And then there's, there's about five things that talk about things we don't teach and that is if you join some organization, that's one of them. If you join some organization, um, that's how you're saved. Or if there's, if there's good works that you do, that's how you get saved. And we don't teach that. We teach Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. And so it goes through different things that some of the cults that are around us believe. And this one at the end says that through bodily healing is for all, uh, through Christ's atoning sacrifice um, for everyone. And so there were some of you are saying, Wait, you, you don't believe in healing? No, 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 that's not what that's saying. That's saying that um, we don't teach that everybody gets healed that prays. We don't teach. And we know that doesn't happen even in our own lives, but even the Apostle Paul, that didn't happen to him. He prayed for healing and that didn't. So... We're just saying, no, no, we pray to that end, but it's the Holy Spirit that decides who, and for his glory, sometimes it's through suffering and sometimes it's through a miraculous healing. So we were looking at that going, that's causing confusion for people. um, Yes, we believe in healing, but we know that not everyone all the time will get healed. But also when it says it's atoning uh, sacrifice, uh, it's talking about this kind of healing right here. This this healing right here is the most important healing. But the the context of it is this kind of healing. So I know I'm kind of confusing you, but um, I took this to the board because I heard um, just going, well, do we believe in healing or don't we? That's one of the things. And I said, well, why don't we just take that part out? Because it's causing people to wonder about that and the wording of it. And I tried to uh, reword it, but it just got longer and longer. And, you know, kind of like what I'm doing now as the time's ticking away. So just to say, um, when we have the upcoming um, uh, harvest dinner, we're going to have a vote um, right at the end there to take care of this so that so that we don't have any more confusion. But yes, we believe in healing Yes, we believe that God provides the ultimate healing. Um, so um, there's copies of our Constitution out there. And if you want to see what I was talking about, grab one and, and come and talk to me before the vote. And we'll just, you know. All right. So um, this happens. Peter comes through and he heals a man that was paralyzed and we're, we're applying this going, we know that sin can paralyze us, but we can be healed and forgiven, amen? And so he puts us, he puts us 
in alignment with him again. You know, sin causes us to be disjointed and he puts us back for healing again. Okay, so applying the second healing, which is life forever with God. So there's a deeper healing that I see here and we just talked about this is life forever, what Christ has done for us. Um, I've been uh, helping Natalie teach a Good News Club at Skyline and we've got uh, 31, 31 kids showing up um, and we, I get to present the gospel and then Natalie and so um, wonderful thing. But it's amazing how many kids think that if they do enough good things, then God will forgive them and they can have eternal life through Jesus. If they just do enough good things. And so um, the truth is, is that you and I can never do enough good things to inherit eternal life. No one can. So we need a savior. <laughs> to be healed of our sin and receive eternal life. And so it's amazing how many, how many of the kids believe if I can just do these things and check this off, then God will accept me. It's only based on his mercy. Amen? Amen. That's why you're here today. It's only based on his mercy. But he doesn't want you to stay there. He wants you to grow to trust him. And he wants you to grow up in him as you live your life. So... I want to just uh, bring this home by having you turn to Matthew chapter 19. In Matthew chapter 19, so you're in Acts now. In Matthew chapter 19, there was this wealthy man, and it was believed by um, many people that um, people that had a lot of wealth uh, must have been blessed by God. They must have done something right. I must. Have, they must have done something right because look, they're not struggling. They've got all the money, and Jesus corrects that for him. So, um, beginning at verse sixteen. So we're in Matthew chapter nineteen, verse sixteen. Now, behold, one came and said to him, "Good teacher, what good things shall I do that I may?" have eternal life. So he said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but God. Uh, no, no one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Then he said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, you, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come Follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possession. So you can't do it. This man, apparently, he was the perfect picture model of one that should inherit eternal life. He had the money, but he was keeping the commandments. Must have been a Jewish man. 
He was keeping all the commandments and the disciples are looking at him going, um, he's, he's doing it. And Jesus says, in the end, he says, come follow me. He's, he's really saying, then let me be your Lord over everything you have. That's really what he's saying. And come follow me. Follow me. So we can't be good enough. It's on his mercy alone that we inherit eternal life through Jesus Christ. Okay. So, go to uh, last scripture of the day before uh, we're finished. Go to uh, 1 Timothy. So, you're in Matthew. Head to the back of your Bible. There's 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. First Timothy and um, let me uh, let me switch gears on you and go to uh, Titus. That's just past Second Timothy. Just past Second Timothy. Yep, whoever took my notes for me put down the wrong one. It is Titus, not 1 Timothy. Titus, chapter 3, beginning at verse 4. Titus, chapter 3, verse 4. But when the loving kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared... Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Amen? Through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So, the deepest healing that we could ever receive, if you've believed in the Lord Jesus, you've received. Because your sin has been washed away through what Jesus did by believing in what Jesus did. So you've received that healing. Um, And so, confessing that you've sinned, Uh, understanding the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Knowing that God demonstrates his own love toward you, and while you're yet sinners, Christ died for you. And then if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. So that Lord right there says, I need you I need you for every area of my life. You are Lord, you are boss. Just tell me how to do this. That's it. So if you're here today and you haven't received that healing, I just offer to you that doorway to uh, deep healing. It's by believing in Christ and confessing your sin to him. 
So what I'd like to do right now, with the few minutes we have left, all of us need some kind of healing. Maybe, uh, uh, maybe you've, through sin, you've kind of walked away from God and you can't sense his presence anymore. You, you were tight with him at one point and it's not there. Maybe that's the kind of healing you need this morning. Maybe there's a physical healing that you need. Maybe there's a, a wounded heart that needs healing this morning. But each one of us have an area that we need healing. The outcome of the healing is to give glory to God. Amen? The outcome of any healing is to be closer to God. Is to draw closer to Him. And so I want to offer a prayer for healing. Whether you receive it today or tomorrow, that's the Holy Spirit's business. However, giving glory and praise to him, drawing close to him, either way is the most amazing healing. We're in that healing process. Okay. So Peter said, let me just say that again um, as we close our time. And if you are in need of healing, Again, based on what the Holy Spirit wants to do this morning, we're going to pray. Um, And so Peter said, Jesus the Christ heals you. So if you are here today and you would like this prayer, and I'm going to pray these words and pray for you. If you would like to participate in that, that maybe this is, Maybe this is what God wants for you and whatever healing that is. If if that's you today, and so what I'm going to do is have everybody close their eyes so people aren't looking around. Close your eyes, bow your heads. And if that's you today and you want to receive and enter into that healing, your heart or your mind or even your body, and you would you would like prayer for that today, um, Receive, first of all, that heart of God for you, his love for you. But if if that's you today, and with all eyes closed and head bowed, if you would like uh, to get that healing today, just hold your hand up. Just hold one of your hands up. Okay. Okay. All right, thank you. Put your hands down based on God's word and his Holy Spirit that has the perfect timing and the perfect way for him to get um, all the honor and glory and praise, we're going to pray this for you, for you today. Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ heals you. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Based on our understanding of your word and our understanding of that you are the healer and that you are 
the power for life, to live this life. Lord, we pray in confidence for your healing touch upon each one that raised their hand. And Lord God, this is for your glory and your honor. And so we just thank you already. You you tell us to pray as if you've received it. And so we're just saying thank you, Lord, already. Thank you, Lord, for your healing process, for your, your healing power in our lives based on your Holy Spirit. So, Father, we thank you right now for the deepest healing of all, and that's the healing of our sins are forgiven and that we get a relationship with you and we can talk to you anytime and you hear us. And we thank you, Lord God. Lord, we praise your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen.